0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 15 of a Nerd Named Mark podcast. My name is Mark, your host with the most. And surprisingly enough, I had an episode planned, obviously. And then I was going to do it for this week. But then when I talked to one of my friends, I was going to have them on as a guest. So we're going to push that back to next week. Uh, Schedules permitting that we can record it. I think it's going to be a great episode. This is a good friend of mine who we can have a nice conversation. We'll chop it up, and we're both very really knowledgeable on the topic that's going to be talked about. That's the hint. I'm not going to really go into it. But for this week's episode, I am going to be talking about jump scares and the rise of the PG-13 horror era, so to speak. Um, but before I get into that, there's some, uh, you know, maybe weekly updates, um, like I talked about last week, House of X and Powers of X is finished, I read them all now that they're done, so delicious, so good, I'm looking forward to, um, I forgot what the follow-up is gonna be, which is basically kind of rebooting X-Men in the universe, so I'm really excited for that, uh, I'm still, you know, playing the Switch, been playing a little bit Fire Emblem, Dove into this like, because there's a big sale right now on the eShop, and I got this like 911 operator game. It was only like two bucks. It was on sale about the DLC. Been having so much fun playing that, and I bit the bullet and I am on the Destiny 2 kick because I held off, and all my friends were like, "You gotta play, it. you gotta play it." The base game's free on Xbox, and you know once you finish all that, if you really like it, by then, you know, there'll be a sale, you can get the DLC, and I'm like, alright, so, downloading that now, and we're starting the, starting that bandwagon, and that's really it for games, uh, time recording this, new comics have came out this week, and like I said, um, you know, back on episode 12 and 13, The intro where I go over games and comics can be like short and sweet so we can dedicate a good portion of the time to talking about the topic and I have a lot to say about, you know, the horror films of PG-13 nature and this and that. So with that being said, that's really it for the games and comics. Uh, I haven't even got my new comics this week anyways because it's Tuesday and they come out on Wednesday so I can't really say what I got this week because I don't know what's coming out because I haven't honestly been checking up on that at all. Been working a lot. Uh it's been hot here. It's like 90 today. It's just some not it's just horrible. I can't deal with it. But then, you know, I look out my window and I see a palm tree and I'm like, "Hey, that's why that's why I live here and that's why I'm going to stay here." So without further ado, let's jump right into the topic. Now, if you listen to the last two episodes, you know, you kind of get the idea of the type of movies I like. I really liked, you know, the slasher films, you know, like, you know, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, I liked the more subtle psychological thrillers, I like things like Sleepaway Camp, and I noticed, like, okay, so in the 80s there and 90s there were some PG-13 horror films, but they weren't, it made sense, because they lacked a lot of the things that would make them rated R anyways, like Poltergeist 1 and 2, nothing about those movies would be rated R, Killer Clowns from Outer Space... I mean, one of my favorite horror comedies of all time, there's nothing in that that would be like, oh my god, we gotta make this R-rated. So it was more or less like a lot of the campy horror films and ones that just were just more creepy, no real killer involved in this and that, got the PG-13 rating. And I would like. I really think like this PG-13 era of... Horror films and like jump scares and whatnot really kicked off. I think it kicked off with The Ring, honestly, in 2002. I was still in high school as a sophomore. I remember when that movie came out. It came out, I believe, the same year as um, Fast and the Furious. My friends like, oh, we're going to see Fast and the Furious; it'll be cool. And then I'm like, dude, this Ring movie looks intriguing. And they're like, eh, we don't like that stuff; it's not going to be good. I went, guys. I saw it by myself. I was 15 years old. Saw it by myself. I enjoyed it. But I noticed in the years to follow, there was more and more PG... Like, we still got rated radar movies coming out that were horror. But I noticed there was this trend of PG-13 movies, more of, like, the popcorn films, a lot of jump scares, catered to the high school, like, date demographic. Like, oh, take your girl out to go see a scary movie. She'll be all over your arm. And this not that. So, like, you know, I think it kicked off with The Ring. And... I was talking to a friend of mine about this because I was like I told him what the topic was and we had a conversation. He's like, Yeah, well, you know, uh, the sixth sense was uh PG thirteen and I was like, Yeah, that's not a that I didn't consider that a horror film. Like, was it like kinda like a thriller, so to speak? Yes, but I would not put that in the horror category. I wouldn't put any of Shyamalan's things in the horror category. I mean, he tried with the village and that was just uh Lady in the water. Like, his stuff is just obscure. But I would say the Ring is what kicked it off, from for in my opinion. This is all my opinion. These aren't facts. Like people sit there and pull up like you know movies from the eighties and nineties, and I already mentioned a few. I'm just saying, as a full fledged trend, where we're getting multiple films a year and almost consistently every year, two thousand two is where it kicked off because we had the Ring, two thousand four we had the Grudge, we had the Ring two, the Grudge two. Like the early two thousands were full of them. I mean, we even had. Especially because that was also the trend I noticed of the Japanese horror being brought west and renamed and redone over, like I said. And um, so, you know, we had the Ring franchise, the Grudge franchise, yeah, franchise, and then it was just like, okay, we're going to do other ones, like When a Stranger Calls, uh, The Skeleton Key, things like that, and I was like, uh, like they weren't bad, like Darkness Falls I thought for a PG-13 was actually really good. They catered to a lot of the films. It's like, okay, dark rooms, dark areas, some sort of light swaying or flickering, and then, boom, it's right behind you, and it'd be like a jump scare. That's basically the definition of a jump scare. Something popping up, making you scared, makes you jump. But it's not something scary. It's just a shock that, oh my god, this just appeared. And there was, like... <sighs> There, was so, there were some good ones, and there were some bad ones. I mean, and even later on, in most recent years, a lot of the PG-13 movies, we've been getting some that were kind of humorous. Like, one of my favorite ones, new franchises to start, the sequel I think came out this year, was Happy Death Day. I loved Happy Death Day, and I loved Happy Death Day to you. I I think it's because my sense of humor was like, okay, these... Yes, it's supposed to be in the horror genre, but it's a horror comedy, the subgenre, just like found footage. It's the subgenre, the horror comedy, and, and even when I was doing my research, because I always have to do my research, like dates. I don't want to, you know, I will. I could talk about the films all day, but if I don't know the chronological order and this and that, because even if you all way back to the '90s, in 1990, Arachnophobia came out, and with you know, um, Jeff Daniels and I believe John Goodman. And that was hilarious. Even though, you know, you watch the trailer, it's supposed to be scary. Spiders, spiders are creepy. But, no. And, of course, I could bring up Eight-Legged Freaks, but I'm not gonna because that's one of my guilty pleasure movies, even though it was trash. Um, but then we saw these, like, weird, like, from, like, early 2000s, that was, like, you know, the creepiness. Always something about a little girl, a tape, or a house. It was, like, The Grudge and The Ring. And then... We got into like the technology stuff and the snap like um one missed call, which I did not hate that movie i I liked it, and I always it's not I don't even have a physical copy of that film. I keep saying I'm gonna like order it on Amazon and get it and have it in the collection, but I always forget, but there was like one missed call when a stranger calls the messengers. in in that time frame it was just like okay like uh, i think there was uh, i I forget the name of it it had freaking pacey from dawson's creek it had to do with like a photo like a camera and okay it's gonna bother me uh see what is that called was it was it just called photo no it wasn't yeah maybe it was called photo um i don't know i don't even have it in my notes there's just something that popped up in my mind. I'm like, oh yeah, there's one with freaking, freaking Charlie from Mighty Ducks, and there's that. Uh, I think it was. I think it was called Photo Something. And then we had, you know, slowly but surely, everything changes. Like the Insidious movies started coming out in the early like 2010, 2011, and I think that's when they really started to get creepier. With the PG thirteen, and really testing the line, even though it wasn't like gory in a snap, but they they stopped with the jump scares and just made it creepy atmospheres, made you really unsettling. Uh, and uh, insidious, like I, I feel like the last couple movies in that because I think there was like four or five total were just kind of meh, but the first two were really good. And you know, there was a trend of just everything having to do with like the dark. Like, Lights Out, which is only a couple years old. You had The Woman in Black. I mean, one of the few that I think got a... It took me a while for it to really settle in with me that it was not just a good movie, but something that I would enjoy was on Mama. Because I liked Pan's Labyrinth. But, like, something like watching the trailer, I was like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to like this. But I like horror films. I'm like, I'm going to watch it anyways. And the first time I saw it, I really didn't care for it. And now it's kind of growing on me, I've seen it a couple times now, and stuff like that, like, I like, I kind of have, like, the a, a soft spot in my heart for the PG-13 horror films, like, they're not, it, it just shows that you can have horror, you can have this and that without the overt amount of blood, gore, gratuitous nudity, I mean, I appreciate all those things, don't get me wrong, like, I'm okay with the stereotypical opening where it's, you know, a couple in the woods or in a bunk or in a cabin or home watching a movie and next thing you know, it's like, oh, they're making out. Oh, look, the top came off. It's like, of course it did. They're going to die first. So you remove all that stuff and it's like, okay, you can still, you you know, the tropes are gone, but PG-13 has their own tropes that are just as charming. I mean, there's always going to be the one friend who you know knows what's going on and still is knowledgeable or a horror fanatic but they still end up you know dying obviously and but there's been like an ev- evolution for the pg-13 horror and you know once like the grudge i think it was a trilogy was done in the ring trilogy and then you know they eventually made rings but then there was like Lights Out, for me, was kind of like, okay, this is going to start making the more, you know, you don't actually see everything that's going on, and then what really, I think, and I don't know how I'm gonna, how the sequel's really going to work, but what, are the, what I consider one of the best story, filming, everything else, was A Quiet Place, and that was PG-13, too, but that was just, that was a really good film, and that, and, you know, it's only been, well, it's been like a Not even two years since it came out, and I'm just like, I've seen that a lot, and there's there's this weird nature with the PG-13 era, where you know we got we got some things that were very scary, but then there was like so many like my favorite one of my favorite movies that creeped me out that I only watched once as a kid, and I couldn't like. It just scared me, and I don't know if it's because, you know, I went to church, and this, I like, The Exorcist was just like, that was too much for me as a kid, as it should be. Same with The Omen. I always find kids creepy, but The Exorcist was just, that was, that was just over the top to me as a kid, but then, you know, around, what, 2008, eight nine, we started getting more, a lot of PG-13 Exorcist-themed movies. I mean, you got The Unborn, which did to have an exorcist scene in it. You got things like The Haunting in Connecticut, The Right, which is really good. But then even straight up The Possession. And all the different, like, exorcisms of and then someone's name. Like, I think there was, like, what, Emily Rose, Marley, Molly Hartlett, uh, The Last Exorcism. There was just a lot of PG-13 exorcism films to come out starting in like two thousand eight to like two thousand twelve and thirteen it was just like there's like two coming out a year, some directed D V D, some on in theaters, but I noticed it was just like, Okay, they found a way to make exorcism movies PG thirteen and without the over like vulgar swearing and throwing up all over the place and language because let's face it usually the exorcist and exorcism movies they're going to get the r rating for language because there's not really nudity in it and a lot of like gore but it's just overt amount of swearing but i noticed with the pg-13 exorcism type movies the main thing that they used was like the body contortioning the oh my god like the bone crunching sound effects with twisting neck crab walking and walking on the walls and there's something like because you know we know people are double jointed i mean i can crab walk or whatever it's called The snap, so it's like when you see the quick jolt of the bones snap and then the snap it's like yeah that's kind of like ugh. like let's face it we all hate breaking a bone if you've ever broken a bone like it's not fun that sound is not fun and the pain so it's kind of like you get that like Wentz like, Ugh, that can't believe that happened. Like the lady, whenever like she she won't watch exorcism movies at all. But we watched, um, what, well, I mean, I'm gonna skip ahead, but just because for the anecdote, the the Ouija movie, the good one, not like the directed DVD ones, the ones that were actually in theaters, uh, the one from 2014, and it's like you know when you see like the mouth opening up and, the, and like sometimes a little crunchy in there, and that's like a jump scare, like that's. She would jump. She'd be like, Oh no, that's gross. It's like, yeah. The gross factor counts as, you know, a good thing that that coincides when timed right with a jump scare. Perfect. The, you know, the PG thirteen is for the casual viewing audience. The the Gore Hounds and the hardcore horror fans, you know Oh, excuse me. We're always gonna have our, our rated movies to go to. We're always gonna have things like it it chapter two, um, you know, things like that, and, like, the Saw films, like, that's a whole other thing, like, the PG, well, well, like, that's, I think, what honestly made the Saw films work was because they came out in the PG-13 era, because the Saw movies, I, every once in a while, like, I go through this phase, and I'll binge all of them, and I realize they're just for gore hounds, it's just gory, the story is just all over the place, if you watch them all, and you come up with, like, a chronological timeline, like the plot holes and just the insanity that the storyline is just so muddled and all over the place but let's face it no one watches the saw movies for the story we watch it to see what kind of traps they're in and puzzles and the gore and that's it and i think that's the reason why those films worked was because all the pg-13 movies were coming out that's why the final destination franchise lasted so many films like and then they're like, oh, well, it's the anniversary of that, and, like, all right, the best way to put it is, like, Final Destination 2, where it's like, oh, yeah, no, I was supposed to go on that field trip, but that person, you know, was on a plane crash, so I had to fill in for them, and then something else would have happened over there, and if I was there, I would have died, and it's like, okay, you just tied it in, and then they kept trying to tie everything in, it usually had to do with, like, the anniversary of the original, or someone connected to one of the people, and, those movies, you know, Final Destination, Saw, those movies thrived because there's so many PG-13 movies out there, and, you know, you knew you were going to get to see some crazy things if these PG-13 movies had jump scares, and bone crunching, and body contortioning, and possessions, this and, that, and they're PG-13, can you imagine what's going to be in a rated R movie? And that's, and that's why, you know, we saw things like we were getting remakes of you know, Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the Thirteenth, and then Rob Zombie did two Halloween films. And We had things like House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects. All these rated R movies that you can opinionated are good or bad. I think it's the latter for a few of them. Uh, they thrived because these PG thirteen movies were coming out. I mean, and especially you know when you had so many franchises like Insidious had how many movies? I think they had like five. The Ring had three, Grudge had three, um, and so it was just like, that's a lot, and then you had, you know, in a span of five to six years, you had six different Possession movies, and then you had things like the teen ones, like, that were really, like, One Miss Call, The Unborn, When a Stranger Calls, The Messengers, um, Darkness Falls, and things that, so, like, those movies, you know, they really continued you know there's so many of them and it's just like okay those are the ones for the teenagers like i'm not old enough where i'm just like oh those damn teenagers always like talking in the movies and listen that like get these kids out of the theater but there's something appealing to being like i can go to r-rated movie it's all adults in here so yeah this is gonna be a nice theater environment no kids being obnoxious or loud even though it's a stereotype for kids, you know, not acting right during films, but yeah, I think, you know, they both fed off each other, because it's like, you got all the kids like, oh, it's rated R, I can't go see that, but then, oh, look, we have PG-13 options, and even this year, we had a couple good ones, like uh, the scary stories to tell in the dark, while it wasn't too bad, I, I thought it was really good for what it was. And I already brought up Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to you. Those were very entertaining. Um, even though it's older, I think it's almost been a actually, not, I think it's been a decade now. Drag Me to Hell was still one of my favorites. And you know, yeah, they're not that great, but I can see how some people who aren't big horror films would enjoy them, like the, the Insidious: Last Key, which came out last year. Like those films, I get. And things like World War Z, which I don't think was a horror film at all. That was more like an action film. Same with Cloverfield, even though that had horror elements, but I loved Cloverfield. And then, you know, we got Ten Cloverfield Lane, which was just good from the standpoint of John Goodman as an amazing actor. But, you know, we didn't, there, there's still certain types of genre horror that haven't transitioned into the PG-13 era, I noticed. Um, while it's more like spirits and Ouija boards and exorcisms and, uh you know, things of that nature, we still get, you know, zombie films are mainly rated R still, and, it's like, Zombieland's coming out, but those are horror comedy, like, and we'll still get, like, It Chapter 2, so, you know, there's still, there, there's room for both rating systems in this era of horror. I'm curious to see, like, you know, what else is gonna eventually, you know, happen with more, because, you know, it seemed like for a while there, there wasn't really any rated R horror movies coming out, and it was, everything was PG-13, and, I mean, literally from 2005 to 2010 alone, I mean, there was, what, a couple, easily two, almost three dozen PG-13 horror films, and that's just from theater and, like, direct-to-DVD, but they were budgeted and marketed, we're not talking all the ones that were just direct to D V D only and this and that. And that's honestly where a lot of rated R movies were going too in this in the last, you know, fifteen years or so. I mean, I remember let's see. It was I graduated high school in two thousand four. That's when the Grudge came out. And I remember, you know, it came out in October. I graduated in June. A friend of mine was still a senior and uh the movie theater bias did five dollar Tuesdays. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go see this grudge movie. And he was just like, oh, cool, man. You know what? Like, I got nothing going on in school. I'll skip school. Let's go. I don't promote skipping school, by the way. Stay in school. Get perfect attendance and do your homework. For those of you who are in school listening. If you are in school listening, hey, I keep a clean podcast. I haven't sworn at all. This is the longest I've gone without swearing. And I'm proud of myself. Cause no Freudian slips today. But... We had to go see The Grudge. And I don't know if it was just because it was literally like 1230 in the afternoon. No one was in the theater. It was just us. And I felt like even though I watched a lot of horror movies and gore, it was I was never really subjected to the more atmospheric, situational horror and creepiness. And I thought it was creepy. Like I was like, oh, crap. This is like a really creepy movie. And I loved every second of it. Looking back now, I rewatched it recently. And I was like, this isn't that bad. And then, it was a couple of years ago, well, more than a couple of years ago, I don't want to say how many years, because I'll get old, I started realizing a lot of these things were like, based on Japanese movies, like Juon and stuff like that, so I started watching the Japanese versions, and wow, like, I don't think I could go back and watch a lot of the Western versions, because some of these Japanese versions were insane, I'm never gonna pronou- try and pronounce half of them, because I hate trying to pronounce movie titles or anything that are in a different language cuz I butcher them usually and it sounds really bad. But I was and it kind of kickstarted now like my my foreign horror kick. Like I love foreign horror movies like rigamortis Mortis uh and there's a few other ones cuz that one I can pronounce cuz they translated the name in English when they put on streaming services, which I thank them for. And so there's just like and I feel like if it wasn't for the PG thirteen era, I would have never, you know, thought or even looked into these. And you know, there's 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 a good amount. Like I, there's only so much you can really say about because like I don't want to go in a deep dive and like break down the full plot of these PG thirteen movies because you, I mean they've been out for a lot of them have been out for over a decade, but just from a standpoint of the evolution of horror, I mean. I know people who are horror pur- purists who are just like, ah, like, give me Reanimator, Give me Dead Alive. Give me, you know, the first couple Friday the 13th Get me, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, but not Dream Warriors, and this and that. And they're like, these are, you know, give me the West Craven stuff. And I was like, yeah, no, I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street, Scream, great franchises, but, and they, they disregard the PG-13 era. And I'm like, no, you can't. Like, there's a, like, the, most of the, Like I said, the recent horror films that I've actually watched and enjoyed, outside of a few rated R ones, have been PG thirteen. I have like exorcism movies and like things like Ouija and Ouija. I think Origin of Evil. Like those are really guilty pleasures for me. Like we have rewatched Ouija and Ouija Origin of Evil many times in this apartment. (laughs) It's like oh, there's nothing on. I don't want to watch anything. Like we like we love those movies enough where we watch them. A few times, exorcism movies like they're they're always guilty pleasures for me because there's something I don't know if it's because you know being raised and going to church and this and that like there's something about like all the different various ones like the right exorcism of Emily Rose Molly hartlett the last exorcism especially because a few of them are like found footage style so it's like "Mm, you check off both the boxes for me thank you like those like I don't think they're great films like they're not the best they're good, I enjoy them for what they are, they all kind of have the same theme, same pacing, same almost basically story anyways, they're just changing around some names and locations and different actors, but they're almost all the same freaking movie, pause, because I almost swore, and I'm trying to keep this clean, trying to keep it clean, but yeah, so, you know, those type of movies, like, I, I, I do enjoy them, I will watch them, multiple times I watch a lot of the same stuff over and over again like if you look at my Netflix my Amazon Prime Instant Video my Hulu because they have Huluween going on right now and you know Shutter or any streaming service and you look at my my watch list and my instant queue and what like not, you're gonna see there's a lot of the same movies types almost down to the names being similar and majority of them are PG-13 but it's you know, I, I'm a sucker for three things, anything that has to do with aliens, anything with an exorcism in it, and, uh, I'd say anything that has to do with, like, some sort of house or board game being, like, possessed, like a Ouija or something with tarot, like, I watched a movie recently called Annie, I think it was called, and it was, like, they were playing this weird card game, but it was, like, truth or dare, and you had to spell Annie on the board, and you had to move the cards up by playing it. And it's like, it wasn't even that good of a movie. It was a weird ending. I didn't fully like it, but it's like, okay, this is probably going to be my guilty pleasure movie now. This is going to be the new one. This is like, this is going up in the list because I haven't. I've only seen it once. I want to see it more than once, even though I really don't want to. But honestly, that's really it for PG thirteen films. Like, there's a lot. Like, there's going to be more coming out every year. This is the trend. Like, you know, because it's. You're not like I see the appeal from a, um, you know, a production company and movie studio standpoint of PG-13 because you just opened it to a wider audience and ticket sales and you're not restricting it. Let's face it. R is for restricted. So, you know, everyone under 17 can't go see it without an adult or guardian, whereas, you know, you put PG-13 on it you're going to make more money, more people are going to go see it, kids love horror films that are PG-13, regardless of what the parents are going to say, or this and that, they're going to go see it, they'll be like, oh, don't worry, I'm going to go see Frozen 2, but really, they're going to go see Exorcism of Random Generated Female Name, number 15, and that's a fact, That's, that's going to happen, and I'm going to leave it on that, so thank you for checking out episode 15 of a Nerd Name Mark podcast. You can find me at anchor.fm slash ANNM podcast. It has all the links. It's available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, Apple Apple Podcasts. I started putting up the episodes in audio slash video format on YouTube. Just search a nerd named Mark Podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the underscore IonVane. It's also the same as my Instagram. We also have a podcast Instagram which is at a n n m pod and that's that being said thank you for watching don't forget leave me some uh reviews and ratings on Apple podcasts got a couple in there saw some five stars made me really happy so i'm glad people are enjoying this show and don't forget to subscribe on anywhere you listen to podcasts so that way there you get notified when another episode goes live with that being said thank you for listening my name is mark and I'm a nerd.